Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Hallelujah. For as long as I can remember, I'm, I'm used to getting comments about how tiny the Bible from which I preach is. And so the ongoing joke is, well, you're going to know when my eyesight is going bad because either I'm going to have glasses or more than likely I will finally have a larger Bible, a larger print version of Scripture rather than this tiny version that I've carried around. Well, it's, it's probably about time to admit that it is getting a little more difficult to read the tiny letters. And I find myself focusing in and out, and occasionally there's a word that isn't quite as clear, and I have to, to stare at it a little bit longer. The eyesight isn't quite what it used to be, and it is more and more difficult to see. But as you know, our eyes aren't the only things that help us to see, are they? In fact, we use that expression to, to talk about how people see things differently, not meaning how they view them with their eyes, but the perspective or the general view of a certain scenario or situation that somebody has. When, when teenagers lament that their parents don't get them, that they're, they're out of touch, what they mean is that they, they just don't see things the way that they do. And, and it's true. And teenagers, you should be very grateful that your, your parents don't see things the way that you do because you may not be around all that long if they did. But on a more serious note, this last year and in recent years really have shown us how many different things we as a culture, as a society, see differently. What one person sees as excessive police brutality, somebody else sees as a, a, an under-pressure officer in a, a high-tension situation making a really difficult choice. What some see as a government doing its job, others see it overstepping its boundaries and going beyond its limitations. Some see in masks and vaccines life-saving opportunities for people to take advantage of, and, and others look at those same things and see a fear of control or a loss of freedom. And, and I'm not here to, to take sides in any of those issues, simply to point out that they demonstrate how many different ways we see things. We see things differently. Now, before we, we go any further, I, I have to ask the question, if you are, are willing or interested in seeing things differently, and it almost sounds weird even to ask that question, but where we're at as a culture, it, it seems as if we aren't really interested in seeing things differently. That, that I have my deep-seated opinion of something, and I'm more inclined to gather around those who share the same view than I am to be open to the possibility that maybe there's another way to see something. So if, if you are closed-minded, if, if your pride won't allow you to be open to the possibility that there are other ways to see things or to explain how others might see them, then you might want to tune out. But if you are open to that possibility that there might be just a, a different way to view some things in life, then keep listening. Because that is really the area of specialty for, for Easter. Easter specializes, Jesus' resurrection from the dead specializes in helping us see things differently. Think about that. 
Throughout history, it's always the uncommon, it's always the extraordinary, it's always the things that people thought couldn't happen, that once they happened, it changed the way that people viewed things. Remember, there was a time that people were convinced that man will never fly, and then man flew, and we haven't looked the same since. There was a time that that we said man will never land on the moon, and then man landed on the moon, and we haven't viewed or seen things the same way ever since. So if these monumental historic events have changed the way that we view things, the way that we see things, then how much more so the single boldest claim in all of history that someone rose from the dead, the the unordinary, the extraordinary, the these things don't happen. If the claim is true that this happened, then the resurrection, as much as anything else in history, has with it the possibility to help us see things differently. Now, I mentioned some of uh, the other issues that our culture, that our society is wrestling with, the things that we see differently. But, But really, it's not just that we see things differently that is the issue, because generations past have always viewed things differently. Your grandparents and their grandparents held different views about things. So it's not just that we see things differently. What's the issue in our culture, in our day and age, is that we are so polarized over those differing views. So then we have to ask, what is it that causes that polarization where generations past could could appreciate or understand at least patiently that somebody saw something different, that were different views? Today, we, we have no time or patience for that. What is behind that polarizing view of, of somebody seeing something different than me? Well, it's fear. We are, we are afraid of when others don't see things the way that, that we do. Now, before you blow that off or dismiss it, understand, and I understand that you might be quick or uh, inclined to, to dismiss such a, a, a point, that it's really the fear that brings about that polarization. But here's why you might be will, not, why you may not be able to recognize that fear. It's because the longer we're around, the more adept we are at hiding it. We hide that fear behind things like anger, indifference, and sometimes even humor. Think about the the different views that that people have today. It's almost as if you don't get angry about something, then you don't truly care about it. If I can't shock somebody else or lose my cool or yell or use the, the most shocking language, to make my point of view known to others or to dismiss or discredit theirs, well, then nobody's listening. And what is the, the fear there? It's a, a fear that if, if I don't treat or speak about this topic or this matter passionately with this anger, then the fear is that nothing's going to change. And so we have a cancel culture that says that if we don't take extreme measures, then, then things will be the same and we'll never make any progress whatsoever. We can't take any time to listen to a different view or, or respect other people's opinions. We also hide our fear behind indifference. So 
that issue doesn't really matter to me. I, I don't have much of an opinion one way or another, or I don't want to make a decision on this matter or that. I'm, I'm indifferent about it. When, when in reality, the fear that we are hiding behind that indifference is that if I do express my opinion, it might be different from yours, and I don't want to have to deal with what you'd think of me if I think differently. Or I don't want to have to deal with that anger that we just talked about if I know that you have a different view. So I, I feign indifference. I hide that fear behind indifference. And we hide it behind humor as well. We joke about something. We make light of it, thinking that if, if others see me make light of it to joke about it, then it must not be something that, that really bothers me. All of these and so many other methods are really just masking a fear that is behind them. And so if you are inclined toward any of them, if you find yourself struggling with anger or, or so quick to be indifferent or to crack a joke or make light of something, maybe you want to ask, is there a fear that you are trying to hide behind any of those masks? Mary brought a fear with her to the tomb on Easter Sunday. John recorded it for us in the Gospel in chapter 20. Early on the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb and saw that the stone had been removed from the entrance. So she came running to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one Jesus loved, and said, They have taken the Lord out of the tomb and we don't know where they have put him. She was terrified. Terrified that somebody had taken her Savior, Jesus. And we can understand, try to grasp the tug of, a war, tug of war of emotions that Mary was dealing with over the past several days. She had witnessed her Savior being crucified. And she was there helpless to do nothing about it but, but to mourn and, and to wail at his death to be a witness to it and not be able to do anything to change it. And so this was her opportunity to honor, to serve her Jesus by serving him in his burial. But then she arrived and she was distraught. She didn't know where he was. So how was she going to carry out to this last act of, of service, of love for her Savior by caring for his body? if her body was nowhere to be found. And John tells us that she was, after when going to tell the, the disciples about the situation, that she came back to the tomb and she was still distraught, mourning outside of it. She looked into the tomb and, and she even saw what she thought was the gardener. And yet, it, it, in seeing all of these things, nothing had changed. She was still afraid. She was still terrified. But then, listen to what did change it. John tells us that, that Jesus said to her, Mary, and she turned toward him and cried out in Aramaic, Rabboni, which means teacher. She heard the angels. She even, she even saw Jesus. All these things that she saw with her eyes, but the fear was still there until she heard her Savior. He called her name, and she knew his voice. So Mary saw all these things, but she didn't really see until she heard. And then when she heard, 
and she knew it was the voice of her Savior, her fear melted away. And that was evident as Jesus, her Savior, stood there describing to her what was going to happen next. And then she went to the disciples, and John tells us that she went to them with the news, I have seen the Lord, and she told them that he had said these things to her. The fear that she had arrived at the tomb with was gone. It had melted away. What she saw with her own eyes wasn't enough to help her see the reality. What she heard, the voice of Jesus, is what helped her see. And I can attest, as can most of us, that when we hear the voice of Jesus, it has the same effect. That Jesus' resurrection and the voice, the words that he speaks to us through his scripture, lead our fears to melt away. So in contrast to what we might think if God would just show us this or, or help us to see this with our physical eyes, then we would be more trusting, then it would be easier to believe. The truth is that it's all here and we need only to hear it, to listen to our Savior's voice to help us see differently. What is your greatest fear? What are you afraid of? Are you afraid of, of not having enough? Of not being able to keep up with the Joneses? Listen to what your Savior Jesus says. In Luke chapter 12, he says, Life does not consist in the abundance of, of a man's possessions. That's not what life is all about. And, and then we jump to, to John's Gospel and Jesus tells us what life really is about. He says in John chapter 10, verse 10, I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. Hear Jesus tell you that you don't need to be afraid of going without or, or having enough or, or matching your goods and possessions with, with your neighbor or anyone else. He says that's not what life is about. You want true life? You want life to the full? It's found in me. Listen to to Jesus. What is your fear that the world is, is coming unraveled, that it appears, that it, it feels as if the seams are just splitting apart and we have no control over, over the direction that everything is going? Listen to Jesus. Hear his words to help you see, as he promises in John chapter 16, 33, I've told you these things so that in me you have made peace, in this world you will have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world. What is your greatest fear? That, that others won't accept you or love you or that some un individual will not feel that way toward you? What does Jesus tell us in John 3.16? He loves you. God loves you so much that he gave his only son for you. What is your greatest fear? Is your greatest fear that you really are uncertain that God could forgive your sins, the stuff that you've done? Hear the, the Savior Jesus, the words that he spoke on Good Friday, it is finished. Hear those words and see that you actually are forgiven, that sins have been paid for. What is your greatest fear? The uncertainty, the fear of death, of not knowing what's on the other side? The writer to the Hebrews describes Jesus for us. 
And this is what Jesus experienced. Jesus, by his humanity, shared in our humanity so that by his death he might destroy him who holds the power of death, that is the devil, and free those who all their lives were held in slavery by their fear of death. When you cannot see in the face of these fears, listen to the voice of the living and resurrected Savior Jesus, who helped Mary see what she couldn't see with her own eyes until she heard her Savior's voice. Then she could see that she had nothing to be afraid of. And let us, on this Easter and this season, and always take comfort. Comfort in a, 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 an illustration that a doctor shared with his patient. See, fear is, really comes down to a lot of the unknown. It's not knowing what's on the other end of a thing or on the other side. And a patient expressed his fear of death to his doctor. And he asked his doctor, what's on the other side? That was, that was what was terrifying him. It was the unknown. The doctor said, well, I, I don't know. And the patient said, well, you're a Christian, aren't you? How can you be a Christian and not know what's, what's on the other side? And all the while during this exchange, the, the doctor was at the door of the patient's room with his, with his hand on the door handle, and there was an audible scratching on the other side and a whining. The doctor, he opened the, the latch on that door and in sprung a dog, smothering the doctor as quickly as he possibly could. And the doctor explained to his patient, see, my, my dog on the other side of the door, he's never been in this room. He didn't know anything about what was in this room except for one thing, that his master was in this room. And once the door was open, all fear subsided and he came right to me, sprinted to me, and, and smothered me, his master. So I don't know all of the details of what is on the other side. I, I don't know what is going to, what is waiting for us, except that my master is there, my savior. And if I know that my master, my savior, is there, then that's all I really need to know. Over the course of, of the season of Easter and always, may we be willing to hear the voice of our risen, our resurrected Savior, Jesus, so that he might help us to see, that he might help us to see that we don't need to be afraid. Amen. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Hallelujah.